If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how you played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to another special edition of Why Blank Lost, as we discuss episode seven of Survivor Kagian and the breakup of Cops R Us. I'm Baby Yoda, and with me, as always, in this RHAP off-season journey through time is my co-host, Jessica Lewis. Well, hello, Baby Yoda, and it's so great to see you again on our podcast. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> and uh, it'll be it'll be interesting having you here instead of David Bloomberg today. So I'm wondering if you will be able to hold your own because David's pretty good at what he does. So he set the bar pretty high. I'm not sure hey, if hey, Baby Yoda. Hey, 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 get, get on. <laughs> oh, look, it's God, David Bloomberg. He takes a mile. <laughs> Stay over there. I thought he was going to do the podcast with me. Well, he apparently thought he was going to do the podcast with you, too. Listen, I was getting ready. I was warning him, though, because so you're easily a stickler. Replaced. Yeah, so no, easily you're replaced. really, you're really not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, when you first asked me to do this with you, I was I was very concerned. I had some serious reservations because, yeah, I didn't want to let you down. So I, I'm glad that you welcomed <laughs> me back every time. So thank you. <laughs> Sure, sure. And uh, just in case anyone is wondering, I seem to have a touch of laryngitis right now. That was not my baby Yoda voice because <laughs> baby Yoda doesn't speak. But um, but uh, yeah, so if I suddenly sound like I'm going into puberty or something like that, that's I, I, it happened just before the podcast. There's nothing we can do about it. here. Oh, my gosh. But I think it was a good baby Yoda voice. Okay, I do well, like good. it. Good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, Kagian, uh, Sarah, uh, I, you know, whatever Baby Yoda had to say there. Um, <laughs> as we uh, move past uh, him uh, or her, we don't really know. Uh, mm. I, I, I'm afraid, uh, Jessica, I don't have any good stories about the past this week. Uh, Kagian was another season in the hiatus. Or the oh, Giannis. no. Uh, between my website, Reality News Online, mm-hmm. and the start mm-hmm. of my time here at RHAP. So basically, you can't cheat this week. It's not cheating. Yeah, well, okay. No. <laughs> if it's an open book test and you use your notes, then it's not cheating. Okay. All right. It's, I'll give you that. Living the past. Okay. Um, now, I do remember listening to the podcasts and following on Twitter as Tony was acting crazy, but mm-hmm. I, you know, that's about the extent of it. Yeah, well, it was interesting to rewatch because I honestly was surprised at how not crazy I thought Tony was acting like he really like it's almost like he has there's this myth that Tony was so insane in his first season that it's kind of grown. And I feel like rewatching it, I was thinking he's not that crazy. I mean, he was a little bit. Obviously, there's llama noises that come after Sarah leaves, but yeah. but it it was interesting just to see that he was much more calm than my memory was serving. And I do think a lot of his crazier craziness comes later in the season. Yeah, it must. It must build because it, there wasn't that much early on. Yeah, just one spy shot. Yeah, and the and the immunity idol. Oh, I need this. You know. Um, <laughs> Listen, it was a fun rewatch. I will say yeah. this was another one that I did enjoy rewatching. I think, again, great cast. There's a lot of people that we've seen multiple times now play. And and it's fun to go back and, and see them kind of learning how to play Survivor. And I think Sarah is a really great example of that. So it'll be fun to talk about her. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm once again wearing this shirt. Oh, here we go. Very nice. Yeah, because we've got... Mm-hmm. The cops are us duo right there. That's right, right in the center. So that'll be good. Um, yeah, and then you know next week I'm going to have to wear it too. So uh, once we get to that, because it's well, we'll we'll talk about that at the very end. <laughs> at the very end, if we remember yeah. this time. Right <laughs> now, I, I I did not. As I mentioned, I was on hiatus for when this originally aired, but some of our listeners 
hopefully all of them, uh, mm. may remember that we actually discussed a bit of why Sarah lost once already this year. Yes. Because she was one of the people we covered in our Why the Winners Lost podcast uh, ahead of Winners at War. Mm-hmm. But that was just a brief summary of each player, while this will be our usual off-season review in which we do pretty much what we do during a normal season. You know, watch the show, uh, take in all the available information. You know, I didn't have any of my old notes to go on, but there's still plenty out there, including podcasts and interviews with Sarah. So we can still take all that information, compare it to the rules I originally wrote way back after season one and have been modifying ever since. Uh, you can check out the most recent version of the rules at robhaswebsite.com slash blog slash survivor rules, or you can get the shorter and much more colorful version of the rules in poster form at tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster 2. Hey, look, Ta-da! a poster form. <laughs> see, I brought props too. That's There's right. my prop. There's the actual right. size. You can see the yes. whole thing. It's in the frame very nicely. So you should definitely order. It's only $20, 11 by 17 size. And if you are outside of the United States and you would like to order, just DM me on Twitter. There's my Twitter handle. See that right mm-hmm. there? And I can make arrangements with you to get that to you. Yes. And there is even a scene. Let's see if I can do this. I feel like a robot right there. <laughs> Yes, right that there. is Spencer and Wu, right? Wu and Spencer, yep, yeah. right there. So mm-hmm. there is a scene on the poster from this season. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And in addition to the poster, of course, we also have another way you can get the rules, and that is t-shirt form. Yes. Uh, you can just go to robhasawebsite.com or robhasapodcast.com, click the merch link near the top, sort the store so new items, new items are first, not nude items. New items are first. New, why would you need to buy nude items? That would um, be an interesting or have yeah. thing to be selling. That's right. I mean, but what are you selling? You're selling <laughs> lack of clothing. Um, anyway, yeah. So we're at the store. So new items are first and the shirts will be right there. We have both men's and women's t-shirts. Excellent. I love it. Yeah. Now, before we get to the rules, there are a few things I wanted to mention. And you already talked about this cast. Um, First, as we were chugging along through the season to get to this episode, we got to relive or had to relive the episode where Bryce went out. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I had forgotten that he was targeted in large part because he was seen as a social threat. Mm -hmm. And looking at him now, having met him, having talked to him, danced with him, (laughs) uh, they had no idea how right they were. Yeah. And the thing about Bryce is everything about him is just it's just beaming and likable. And so when you do meet him, you can't help but kind of be sucked in. And then no matter what he does, I won't get into specifics here, but you're like, it's Bryce. (laughs) I mean, he's, he's a great guy. So I can certainly see why people recognize him as being a social threat. And the other thing too, that I really loved about Bryce is watching how quickly he recognized that he needed the person who was probably on the outs over there. And he was, you know, was it Morgan? I think if I'm remembering names. Um, but he immediately recognized like, I'm going to need her because mm. she's kind of been on the outs. So she'll be mine. And it was really incredible to watch how quickly he did that and kind of brought her into his fold. Yeah. Uh, I, I had also forgotten about another person who wasn't quite so likable. And that was Lindsay, the quitter. Uh, oh, uh, I who, forgot who, about her too. Who left because she didn't want to flip out on Trish. Now, mm-hmm. as Jeff Probst said, nobody had ever quit before because they were worried they might do something they regretted. Right. Personally, I think she should have regretted quitting more than anything. You know, and as Tony said, by voting out Cliff, they got two for the price of one. And she just, she did not come off well. Well, and it was, it's almost like it went really like quick with that mm-hmm. because initially she seemed fine. Everything was okay. And then it was like zero to 60 with her and Trish. And then she was just like done. It, she didn't yeah. give it any time to like think it over, cool right. off, give it another day. So that to me was a very strange moment to watch because there didn't really seem to be be much sense behind it. And I think Jeff, even when he was talking to her, tried to get her to understand that, that, you know, maybe this isn't necessarily the best reason to be quitting, but she did. And I completely forgot about that as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, uh, looking back, there were also some pretty funny statements made within the game. Sarah said, Tony is the biggest threat in this game. And nobody knew how right she was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tony said in the second episode, I have more brain than brawn. Little do they know. And he's certainly proven that, too. Mm hmm. I think Sarah's done the same as well. I mean, Sarah even made a crack, I think, in the first challenge about the puzzle when the brains were not doing very well with the puzzle, that she was on the wrong tribe. Yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) I thought that was quite funny that she threw that in there. Yeah. Um, Now, Rob said on the know-it-alls, do I think he's the greatest player ever? No. Wrong. Uh, But but Steven said, Tony season two is going to knock people's socks off. Close. It took until season three. Yeah. Well, and this again, I I do think is a really good example of watching people learn from their mistakes. We talked about that with Tony a lot, what he learned from his second time playing and how he made him his game improve that much more his third time. I mean, obviously, he pulled off some crazy stuff the first time he played, thought he could follow that same course the second time and learn from that mistake. And so I think it's interesting when you watch people progress as they play this game and actually learn from their experiences. And Tony and Sarah are two that completely did this. And it's really it's it's incredible to see them putting it into action like we saw with both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, finally, I have to say the look on Spencer and Tasha's faces, especially Spencer, when the final vote came up against Sarah was amazing. <laughs> I, I have replayed it many times. I put a clip of it on Twitter. It's basically like Spencer, like, <laughs> like, right. It, like someone on Twitter said it's amazing. He didn't get whiplash. I know. Yeah, that was that was a great reaction. And something that we'll talk about in the podcast when he said, you know, zero chance of winning mm-hmm. about Cass. I learned some things when I was reading uh-huh, yes. Exit I, Press. I mm-hmm. relearned those things, exactly. I didn't uh, even know, so I, had, I was learning. I had forgotten, but that pulled it back out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Now, um, in the immediate aftermath of this episode, Stephen said on the know-it-alls that this was some of the worst play overall that we've ever seen. Not just by Sarah, but by a number of different players. Mm. But Sarah is the one we're here to analyze. But I think we'll find that we need to look at the actions of at least one more player. Uh, As Sarah said in her final words, I don't know why Cass flipped. It's a very telling statement because by that point, she should have known Mm -hmm. because she played a big part in causing it. Of course, by now, Sarah knows what happened, but it's still educational to go back in time and figure out why Sarah lost educational i like yes and hopefully entertaining Mm, Um, yes uh so the first and most important rule is to scheme and plot sarah certainly understood this and had done quite a bit leading up to this point uh she had allies on the brawn tribe and i was surprised because while i of course remembered sarah pegging tony as a fellow fellow cop i didn't recall it happened within just a few minutes she had some good instincts there no, she definitely did. And I like that she called it like cop dar, that she was able yes. to just, you know, find a cop. And and it, not that Tony did a bad job lying to her. I mean, the construction thing was a good mm-hmm. backup plan. So at least he had a response to it if someone actually asked him about it. I think he was surprised himself that she figured it out so quickly. But I also thought it was interesting that she shared the fact that she was a cop, despite the fact that he was like, I'm not. So she wasn't even hiding it didn't appear that right. she was planning on hiding that from anyone. Well, I mean, yeah, and we'll get into that later. But yeah, she was not exactly lying a lot. No, um, she didn't want okay. to. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so now if we you know, keep moving along as she went along, we look at episode four. Sarah approached Wu to turn on Cliff and even proposed throwing a challenge to get rid of Cliff because she thought Cliff wanted her out thanks to a lie Tony told her. Mm-hmm. It was a good move to get rid of an apparent opponent. But it was impossible to throw a challenge against Luzon because they were so bad. Yeah. It looked like they were trying to throw the challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cliff is such a just, I mean, he's yeah, throwing massive. a basketball challenge with Cliff. Yeah. It, like, that's, that's going to be more difficult. Yeah. I, I, I still think they could have done it if Luzon had been even mildly capable. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. But you had Jatia in there as a swimmer. 
And she's like doing the backstroke casually mm-hmm. to, get to, the, to get to the ball. Now, maybe she's not that great a swimmer. Fine. But then put someone who is in. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then they couldn't even throw the ball back to Spencer. It was like, oh, here, here oh, there goes the ball, you know. At least she tried to have a plan and props to her, which we talked about right. already. She talked to other people about yes. that idea. It wasn't just something she was going to try to do herself and then, you know, cause them to go to tribal council. She wanted other people to be part of the plan. Right. Right. Now, even when she ended up alone on her swap tribe, it seemed like her name wasn't being tossed around. So she did some good things as well there. And then when she was trying to consider how to handle the merge, she originally wanted to go back to Tony, Trish and Wu. And she told Rob on her interview the next day that she set up something where the three brains would go, would join her and the three other brawn to all come together. Mm. But then after that immunity challenge and, you know, Tony yelling his infamous top five, baby, Mm -hmm. uh, it, it made Sarah worry that she was not in his future plans. And more than that, she also told Rob that Cass was badgering her about that plan being out the window. So I understand her hesitancy after that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Tony shouldn't have done that, but I'm not, I mean, he was excited. I'm not sure what he was supposed to yell. Top six, baby, including Sarah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No. And I agree with that because I think Tony's the type of person that's going to play whatever hand he's given and he is willing to shuffle the deck. And he, I think we saw him do just that by having his initial plan with the people that he had aligned with at the start and then having swap happen and then having to realign things and reconfigure his idea and obviously once they merge things are going to change again and I think Tony was just very open to all of that and Sarah probably shouldn't have read so much into that because like you said what is he supposed to shout like don't worry Sarah we still got you I mean that's not going to do her any favors either right exactly now of course after that plans changed and Sarah's swap tribe swore to each other that they would stick together And this is where the uh, item you just brought up was Uh, Sarah told Rob that she couldn't flip on this vote because her swap tribe had all discussed that if someone flipped, they would not get the other five's vote at the end, which fascinating. Yeah. Explains Spencer's comment about Cass having zero chance to win the game after it was revealed that she was the one who had flipped. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Sarah said that she had plans to reunite with Trish and others later but couldn't do it right then. So she was at least thinking about these sorts of things, but she kind of got herself trapped in that situation. Yeah. I mean, I think the approach to the merge happening and her being so very vocal about being in the middle, I know we saw a lot of it in confessionals, Mm -hmm. but I feel like a lot of it was also happening with discussions where she was just talking about how difficult it was and everybody wants to talk to her and she just doesn't want to talk to anybody anymore. And she's in the middle and she kept kind of reminding people about her place. Mm -hmm. And I feel like once you get to the merge, the last thing you want to do is remind people about yourself. Like you don't want to shine a light on yourself if you don't have to. And if you can shine the light on someone else, great. But she kept bringing everybody back to her. She was making herself dead center by continually reminding them that she was. And then when they would have discussions, she would remind this group what that group over there had said to her. So, well, if I go with them, they told me I get to pick who goes home, who's voted out. Are you going to do the same? And, and there's, there is an idea of using information to your benefit, but that I don't think was beneficial at all because all it did was pit her in the middle, even worse than charity was. Yeah. And you've pretty much started taking us where exactly we were going, which is the second rule, which says not to scheme and plot too much and to keep your scheming secret. And what you just described is violating both of those Mm -hmm. because let's just say it. Sarah blew it here in this rule. She blew it. She decided that as the swing vote, she was the ultimate power. She got pushy about who to vote out, demanding who it should be or should not be. Mm -hmm. And when other people gave logical alternatives, she said no. She yeah. told us in confessional that it was completely idiotic to pick a fight with me. And the last thing you want to do is piss me off. Mm-hmm. And she also said, I will make the decision on who goes next. I get to decide. I'm the president right now. Yeah. And to say the power went to her head would be far understating it. Yes. And I feel like this is an interesting position that some people find themselves in survivors being that swing vote. And it's really reminiscent of what Will did 
on my season when all of a sudden he decided he was going to be the pendulum. That's what he was mm-hmm. calling himself and made a very big show of the fact that he was the swing vote. And what happened? He got voted out. You know, so yeah. it's people don't necessarily like that wishy washy, you know, kind of approach where they can't commit. One thing that we've talked about a lot is if someone approaches you with an idea, you say yes. And you you express a willingness to go along with it, even if it's not what you want to do. And I feel like once you start showing anyone that, well, I might go over here or I might mm-hmm. go over there, you become more of a problematic individual to play the game with because you won't commit. And it's easier to go with people that will commit. Yeah. I mean, we, we discussed on our Why the Winners Lost podcast that this was a classic case of the Christie situation from mm-hmm. the Amazon, right? Uh, which was then duplicated by Dolly and Vanuatu and several others over the years. Christie, of course, was approached by two opposing alliances and refused to make a promise to either one. Uh, so everyone else uh, realized they were all vulnerable and joined up to get rid of Christie instead. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, one difference that Rob pointed out in the know-it-alls following this episode was that Christie was indecisive, whereas Sarah Although she came off as indecisive, she was really in some ways too decisive. Right. Uh, you know, plus I would note that Sarah didn't manage to get the full two alliances to join against her, but she did manage to get one full alliance plus Cass. Right. Which was all yes. she needed, you know. And the other thing too that I thought was interesting was the way that she handled Tony because she told Tony, I'll make a decision at tribal uh, council. And uh, that, that was a horrible decision for her because all Tony needed was some confirmation Mm -hmm. that she was potentially going to work with them. And that was what he wanted. And instead she said, well, I'm going to make a decision at tribal council, which we all know very few times do tribal councils happen like this, where they ultimately could become live because things happen and nobody wants to have it be up in the air. You're walking in there and there could potentially be a split or, you know, it's going to come down to like one person. The last thing someone like Tony is going to feel okay with as well. Sarah said she would decide at tribal council, which means one of his core group is going to be going home. Right. Yeah. If you're not going to get a straight answer, then it's obvious what they mean. Right. And now I will say in, because she mentioned it so a little bit in her defense about some of this she told rob that while it looked like she was dictating everything there her tribe did have a larger discussion and voted on who they wanted to vote out three wanted tony three wanted jeffra so they made tony into option one and jeffra into option two mm-hmm. um but that obviously happened later because I think we even heard when they were, you know, kind of sniping at each other, mm-hmm. we heard someone say, no, we'll get together later and we'll vote on it. Right. And by that time, though, she had already alienated both Cass and Tony. Yes. Yeah. And she was so very vocal. I thought the whole relationship between she and Cass was interesting because neither one was really holding back how they felt. And even when they ended up having, um, what was it? was in the middle was it tasha that ended up having to like kind of you know Mm -hmm. mediate for them and it was both of them were very open about their dislike or discontent with the other and i thought that was it was an interesting dynamic scene unfold on camera considering what was about to happen you know they all needed to come together for an agreement to for this very large vote Mm -hmm. and who was going to be chosen. And that was the way that Sarah was approaching Cass and Cass was approaching Sarah. And it's, again, it's one of those moments where you don't want to be butting heads with people at the merge because it's a very big group of people deciding who's going home at that point. And if you do have potential splits like that, creating any more reason to have that, you know, faction break even further is problematic. And so I thought that both of them were, I don't, it was like they were both very headstrong in that moment. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to that more in about uh, two rules. Oh, I'm um, sorry. That's <laughs> okay. Um, I, I do want to say before we move on to the third rule that, you know, it, we have to contrast what was going on with the Sarah situation and what was going on. What Trish did. Sarah was trying to force everyone to vote the way she wanted. Trish reached out to Cass, said, who do you want to vote out? Yes. She said, mm-hmm. Sarah. Trish said, done. No arguing, no haggling. No, I want this one. I want that one. You can't do this one. Can't mm-hmm. do that one. Oh, that's who you want? Done. Right. Yeah. So, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Ah, so I thought she did great. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back. So let's get back to the show. So the third rule talks about being flexible. And after what we've already discussed, it is clear that Sarah was the epitome of this rule, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Because she went along with every other suggestion. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go. No, no. She was really not flexible at all. It was her way or the highway. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, she had issues here. Uh, she wanted what she wanted. That was it. She was in charge. She had the power. She was the president. She wasn't going to move an inch. So they moved her right out the door. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But she learned, right? Yeah, she did. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the fourth rule tells players not to let their emotions control them. And in episode five, Cliff wisely said, if you get your feelings caught up in this game, that's when foolish things happen. Mm -hmm. And you might as well have been predicting this episode. Because it was all about emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't limited to Sarah. You you already mentioned, you know, about Cass. And according to what Sarah told Rob, from the first day of the swap, Cass said Sarah had better hope they win the immunity challenge or else Sarah was going. Mm. And, you know, I mean, that that's what started this rocky relationship. And, and it, it seemed like every time they talked, things just got worse. Cass would say something to piss off Sarah. Sarah would say something to piss off Cass. Uh, they argued in front of Trish, which gave her that valuable information. And then you mm -hmm. mentioned Tasha trying to smooth things over. But even then, Cass was like, oh, you're siding with Sarah. Right. Right. So, and, uh, you know, well, the thing that I noticed, too, with Cass throughout all of the episodes, which I thought was interesting as well as she was like brutally honest with anyone. And she then mm -hmm. she would say she's like, well, I'm just. I'm just I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie to you. Mm -hmm. And so she would say things that you would normally never hear someone say in Survivor. Like when she was talking to Jatia about voting her off, you know, when she was asking Cass, well, who do you think who who are you thinking about voting for? And she's like, uh, you and explain to her why. I mean, it, and the, the reasoning for voting her off or wanting to vote her off at that point made sense. But Cass was just kind of putting it all out there for everybody to know. And so that's why I was kind of impressed that when it came down to this, Cass took what Trish said and walked away and left it alone and didn't right. say anything else. And so it was it was a different it was kind of a different approach because Cass had been so very much in your face. And then she wasn't that way with Sarah when she could have been. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't just the Jatia thing. She said the same thing to Sarah. She was right. like, well, the only people I'm worried about are you and the other person. Right. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, why would you tell someone that you're worried about them? Right. Mm -hmm. it, it makes no sense. And, you know, but, but here's the thing. We can say that Cass reacted poorly, acted poorly. And that would be true, but it doesn't excuse how Sarah then behaved in response. Right. And right. she was the one who paid the immediate price for it. Yeah. And I think that that's the part that really kind of surprised me so much is that Sarah didn't recognize for at least from what it appeared that she could ever be a consideration for a vote, even though she mm -hmm. had been told earlier by Cass, I'm worried about you and this other person. Um, she, she didn't say to herself, well, you know, I have kind of upset Cass a little bit, so maybe, you know, there's a chance that that could happen. I mean, she really was, I think, locked and loaded with the agreement that they had all made that no one was going to flip. And she really thought that everyone was going to stick to that. But unfortunately, this is Survivor and people promise things all the time, just as Tony swore in his badge, all of these things for Sarah. And then that didn't mean anything. So, you know, I think that Sarah was a little bit too, um, I don't know, like gullible about certain things and then well, not. Think, yeah. And I think you're leading into the next point I was going to make, which is anger was not her only problem. Mm. She put too much stock in the emotional concept of honor. And I think yes. that's probably the word you were looking for. Yeah. Um, you know, cause in the second episode, she swore on her badge and Tony told us, well, that's just words to me. 
But mm-hmm. then Tony used it against her. He said, don't say blue blood and go against it, which he would have easily done that. But right. he, he knew that she wouldn't. And Sarah said she trusted Tony 110% because they had the most sincere handshake. And, you know, she later similarly told Cass that when she shakes hands, she means it. Yeah. Then when Tony asked her to swear on her badge in this episode that she would vote out Cass or Spencer, she said she couldn't do that yet. Instead mm-hmm. of, like you said earlier, just say yes. Right. Um, and that was a big part of the problem. Sarah told Rob, dishonoring my profession was something I was not willing to do. Right. Well, but and by, the, well, go ahead. Say By being unwilling to do that, she was allowing her emotions to control her. Right. And the other component of that, if you don't want to dishonor your profession, then she shouldn't bring her profession into it so much. Right. You know, if you're utilizing your badge to swear your honor or it's blue blood. I mean, I understand that that there was that that connection that she and Tony had. They were both police officers. But if you if you have such, you know, a strong belief in your profession, and you don't want to dishonor it, then perhaps it shouldn't be something that you swear on. Right. It's like you especially you especially shouldn't swear on it if you're going to refuse to swear on it later. Right. That's the problem. For sure. Yeah, like, um, so there was in the, um, don't remember, I don't think it was, no, it wasn't when you were in, uh, Michelle was in one of PG's, uh, secret hands games. Mm-hmm. And so was her boyfriend, Pete. And she said, I swear on my sister that I am not, you know, a, a fascist. And Pete said, well, that's very interesting. Now I know from here on out, when we play these games, if you're not willing to swear on your sister, then I'll know you're lying. Right. And it's the exact same situation. Mm-hmm. Obviously on Survivor having somewhat bigger stakes. Right. For sure. But yeah. that is, that was Sarah's, I think a really big problem is that she made herself very easily read by Tony because right. Tony would know what her parameters are. He would know where she's at just based on whatever she was willing to promise where someone like Tony was like, I'll promise yeah, anything I'll swear on anything my grandmother my kids whatever my badge because it doesn't mean anything to me because I'm going to do anything I have to do whereas Sarah made it so very apparent that it did actually mean something to her that it just it just helped Tony even further along in his own game yeah all right we can move to the fifth rule which talks about the social game and reminds players that they need to pretend to be nice as much as we just talked about Sarah it did seem she did pretty well in this regard with Maybe one big exception. Mm, I do think that she definitely, I don't, she seemed likable. Like she seemed like she got along Mm -hmm. with people, but she also was very, I think, sure of herself, which is not a bad thing. But I do think that sometimes she might have pushed a little too much, which then caused other people to be uncomfortable because she was pushing. And I think we did see a lot of that in this particular episode. So I, I don't think she really struggled with having like, pretend to be nice i think she was nice but i think sometimes her confidence might have gotten misunderstood yeah yeah and then circling back to that one person of course you know she said Cass. she told rob that Cass was the only person she didn't get along with Mm -hmm. and you know that may have been true but i i would say i would say calling it not getting along with her big understatement there (laughs) things between them went nuclear blowing up not just sarah's game but really her whole tribe yeah for sure no it really did and it it was interesting to see the comments that sarah made about Cass and how essentially not only did she wreck my game she wrecked five other people's games because of what she did and there there was a lot of blame being placed on Cass, and not a lot of inner reflection you know, yeah. that that maybe I pushed Cass a little bit too hard and was a little bit too aggressive and in, in how I approached her and how I communicated with her, especially knowing the way that Cass was, you know, that, that Cass was a very similar individual in that regard where she would, she would push as well. And she was very honest and would tell you exactly what she thought. And Sarah didn't, didn't utilize any of that to her benefit. Didn't recognize that about Cass and then said, okay, I need to be a little bit, mm, I need to hold back just a little bit with Cass because Cass doesn't hold back. She didn't do, she didn't do any of that with Cass. It was both of them coming at each other full on. Yeah. 
All right. The sixth rule warns against being too much of a threat. And we can look all the way back to the first few minutes of the game when Sarah was picked as the brawn leader right off the bat. And she accepted mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, frankly, it was a mistake to take that position, which she should have known. Um, but she got lucky. Her tribe didn't lose a challenge. It wasn't something she ever had to worry about. Um, I, I feel like there might have been something she did in this episode that was a bit threatening, though. Can you can you think of anything? Um, I don't know. How about just her whole approach to who was going to get voted out? Well, I was thinking like literally making threats, you know, um, I have to. Yeah, what did she say? I have to remember. Well, she said things, she, I, I mean, mostly they were limited to her confessionals. Mm. Uh, and she said that the others had better do what she wanted or she would flip. But her attitude said it to the tribe, her tribe mates, even if she didn't vocalize it. Right. You know, well, and, and, that's the problem with how she approached this whole situation is that it really did make her a threat to the rest of them because she wasn't committing to anybody. Right. And she was she was just causing so many potential issues with, well, if she doesn't flip now, is she going to flip later? Is she going to stay with us? Is she going? There was and she was really it was like she was getting too big for her own head you know that it yeah i was thinking that you know where all of a sudden she realized she was in the power position and she reminded everybody that she was in this position over and over and over again and i really think that just it was just it was wearing you know to just to listen to that and then to think long term how is this going to affect our game with her if if this is how she feels right now if she feels like she's in control how is she going to feel about the next vote and are we going to have to pander to her again because we we voted with her and we worked with her and so there was this could become like kind of a slippery slope of someone who has kind of been elected president as she called herself and then all of a sudden is making decisions that you don't necessarily agree with but you're kind of stuck with that person so you have to go along with it yeah yeah i mean she and they, you know, at least Cass didn't want to. And certainly Tony and his group didn't want to. Right. All right. The seventh rule deals with how to handle uh, immunity idols and advantages. Sarah did not get one, but she did have the opportunity. In fact, the whole tribe did. But when Tony found both idol clues, he was apparently the only one who thought to look in, you know, in the rewards. And as we would later find out, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, this year, uh, he said his brain was always going. Mm-hmm. I loved watching Tony do all of these things because he really was the only one that was thinking ahead like this, like, oh, I'm going to hang up the hammock and all of a sudden find the clue. The mm-hmm. fact that he also utilized it when they went to steal things from the other tribe right. and, you know, and had the the clue there and gave it to what did he Jeremiah. Give it to Jeremiah and then ended up like using that. I mean, so there was a whole like, game mode that he was playing that nobody else was which was incredible to watch but i also think it's worth noting that sarah was so damn adamant that he did not have an idol and she kept telling her new group of you know six that she was a part of that there's no way that he has an idol no he doesn't he does not Mm -hmm. have an idol which blew my mind that she was so adamant about that yeah, she said, I can guarantee Tony doesn't have an idol. And she was right. also certain that LJ didn't have one. She was wrong on all counts. Right. And of course, we just saw her in Winners at War insisting that Natalie didn't have an idol. Right. Where she was wrong again. Mm-hmm. So her track record in this area uh, is pretty, pretty bad. Well, and I don't even know what she was basing it on. I mean, it's one of those where unless you have it in your pocket, you can't guarantee that the other person doesn't have it. And I, that yeah. to me doesn't make any sense where that was even coming from. The only thing I can think of is a read. You know, I, I have a read on Tony. I, you know, I was able to tell he was a cop. Therefore, I have a read on him. Mm. And I know he doesn't have an idol because he just shared it with me or who knows. And um, maybe maybe he swore in his badge that he didn't have one. And we just didn't right. see that. <laughs> that would have been yeah. funny. That would have been funny. Yeah. All right. Well, Appendix A is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind and says to vote out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. As Tasha said in Tribal Council, at this portion of the game, you are looking for the biggest threats, otherwise known as the strong. Normally, this means someone like a Tony or an LJ. But when there is a person who has taken on a power role 
that could end your game. That is clearly somebody who needs to go. Uh, The people who were in the most dangerous positions made the right choice. Uh, And while Cass was acting emotionally at the time, it may have been the best move for her as well, because I don't see her getting as far as she ended up getting if she had remained loyal. I mean, the way things ended up, she came so close to the million dollars mm-hmm. that if if Wu had m- made one right decision instead of the terrible one, she could have had it. Right. But it would have been really interesting to then see if people would have stuck to the promise exactly. of I'm not going to vote for you if you flip. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen how that played out because I like I said, we, I didn't know that that was even a thing. And and to hear Spencer then say what he said and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that like light bulb goes off. Do you understand it? So it would have been really fascinating to see her try to combat that in a final tribal council. Yeah. All right. Well, it is about time to wrap things up. So do you have any final thoughts? I have a few. Uh, I said it. I know. Right. I never have as many as you do, though, because you're much more, you know, put together and and all that good stuff. But I will say this. And I mentioned it early on in the podcast that it is so interesting to watch people replay this game and watch them improve their games every time they play. And I think Sarah is kind of like textbook player in this regard because she came into this first season trying to figure it out. She did well in how she was playing the game. Unfortunately, she got a little too big for her own britches, as you said, when when it came down to it. She found herself to be, she was the president. She elected herself the president, really, and then reminded everybody she was the president. She had like banners and t-shirts and look at me and I'm important and I get to decide and one of you is going home because of me. And then all of a sudden she found herself going home. So I think that this was really kind of an eye-opening moment for her and I think she spent a lot of time rethinking everything she did and then we saw her come into Game Changers and really improve her game so much so that when she came back for Winners at War she was one of the most feared people coming back because her ability to adapt and change and so I really give her props for doing that because she really is someone that we've been able to watch progress and progress well as she's gone through her multiple seasons of playing Survivor so this was a great season for her to learn and kudos to her that she got to come back and then win obviously and also kudos to her for making it so far in winners at war so clearly if if anyone wants to watch and study a player i think sarah's a good one to watch and study because you really do get to see the progression of her game so unfortunately this season that blue blood ran strong and she really she really dug her heels into that loyalty card and unfortunately for sarah loyalty And being the president certainly didn't work out well for her. And she ended up getting sent home because of it. Yeah, it is funny. Before I get to my conclusions, uh, I think this is something that uh, I think Rob and Josh brought this up, that it's interesting to see Tony's reaction when she gets voted out this time Mm. compared to Tony's reaction when she loses in Winners at War. Mm Because in this time, he's just like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, in Winners at War, he's crying. I know it was crazy. It's such a such a incredible story too to see mm-hmm. the two of them actually play as many times as they have and what it turned into. Also, well, kind of unfair, but you know that's a that's yeah. <laughs> a story for another time. <laughs> All right. Well, in this episode, we heard Sarah say things like, "I'm in the best spot that you can be in, and I will decide the fate of this game." But as Rob noted on Know It Alls the night this episode aired. She quickly went into a death spiral from being in a great position with a very good chance to win the game to being voted out in a massive blindside. Sarah also played with too much emotion in multiple different ways, allowing both honor and anger to affect her game decisions. By showing her willingness to swear on her badge earlier, but then refusing to do it later, she told Tony all he needed to know about who truly had her loyalty. Her former Braun tribe mates used these two pieces of information to seek out an alliance with her greatest enemy, and they knew how to reel in Cass, something that Sarah hadn't mastered. If Sarah had just lied and told Tony she was with them, she probably would have been fine. Look him in the eye, shake his hand in a sincere handshake, swear on her badge, and she could have knocked out one of his allies. But Sarah got too high on her own feelings of power while she was also on her high horse of morality. Sarah would learn from these mistakes in her second time out. 
But before she became a game changer, that is why Sarah lost. Excellent. Ah, so now uh, before we look ahead to the next episode, we'll be discussing. Let we let let me remind everyone that the rules we just discussed are available in both poster yes. and t-shirt form. T-shirt, poster, t-shirt, poster. Um, for the shirt, go to robhaswebsite.com or robhaspodcast.com. Click on the merch link and then sort to see newer items first. For the poster, go to tinyurl.com slash davidrulesposter2. That's right. And remember, DM me if you are outside of the United States and I'll make it happen. All right. Now, for the next episode, as Rob and Josh announced, we will be looking at episode eight of Survivor Philippines and the elimination of Jeff Kent. Uh, I remember nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't either. But there are definitely, you know, a couple of people on the shirt Mm -hmm. who who are in that season. Yeah. So I'll probably have to wear the shirt again. (laughs) I mean, Penner's in it. Yeah, I got it. Right. You got. Well, I mean, if Penner's in it, you have to wear that shirt. Right. Right. That's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we will, uh, you know, help. Probably about as soon as this is over, I'll have to start watching Survivor uh, Philippines to you know make sure. Right, you know, listen, that's eight episodes that I got to cram. I had to cram a bunch for this one. We'll get through it though. We'll get through it. Yes, yeah. Now, as we wrap up, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program at robhaswebsite.com slash patron. Once you join, you'll see that Rob does at least nine patron-only call-in shows a month, plus a weekly Q&A show with Nicole, plus weekly trivia, um, plus, I think, every other week, mafia games. Um, yeah, I mean, it's he he's just it, tons and tons of stuff. There's so um, much good stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And... Uh, Additionally, several shows have been live streaming to the patrons before they're available as a podcast. So, and of course, there's the Facebook groups that can keep you occupied in this time when we need stuff to keep us occupied. And we can talk about all sorts of things, Survivor, Big Brother, life in general. Unfortunately, just before we started to record, I saw on those Facebook groups that CBS has somewhat quietly removed Survivor from the fall Um from their fall schedule. Mm. So, you know, when they put it on there to begin with and Jeff Probst was like, we intend to have a show this fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We knew he was being, they were being a little too optimistic there. And I think, um, yeah. I think reality has uh, finally made them realize that, but there's good news. The big brother appears to be moving forward, even as California steps back. So who knows? But the thing is you can find out all about that and discuss it in the Facebook groups. Yes, and the Facebook group is full of people who love all of the same things that you do, including David and I. So it is a wonderful group of people to communicate with about all things Survivor and everything else CBS related that you love, including, you know, Rob and everything that he does on his podcast, which is insane. Insane. I can't keep up with all the stuff that he does. It's it's incredible. So props to him for keeping everybody busy during this time because he really has added so much content because of the current situation we all find ourselves in so thank you to rob for doing that and providing that to everyone who is able to spend some extra time not thinking about covid and the pandemic (laughs) we can distract ourselves a little bit with some r hit r hap content yeah and where else can people reach us Oh, yes. How this. So our Twitter handles ready right here. I am at Jessica Lewis 89. There you go. You got it, David. And he is at David Bloomberg. And I got to go this way. (laughs) There we go. At David Bloomberg. So you should follow us both on Twitter. Get both sides of the story. We do live tweet during the actual episodes of Survivor. But unfortunately, we won't be doing that apparently come this fall. However, you should still follow us both because we're constantly tweeting about Survivor and other things that are interesting and fun. So please follow us both. I'm at Jessica Lewis 89 at David Bloomberg. Yes. Now we need a hashtag. Um, I did not think of a hashtag for this one. I don't know Sarah if you have for one. president. No. <laughs> no, um, no, no. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, um, King of the Hill. <laughs> too big for her britches. 
There you go. If people want to go down. I mean, I listen, I love Sarah. She's great. Oh, yeah. Obviously, we had to discuss why she lost. I think we got to see a lot of her being very sure of herself. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Whatever you well, decide. Yeah, we can do uh, too big for her britches or, uh, you know, whatever else anyone wants to do. And of course, there's a hashtag for this podcast overall, which is YX Lost. Um, Make sure everybody is subscribed to all the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhasapodcast.com slash survivor or just on your favorite podcatcher. Mm -hmm. We are also on the reality TV rehab ups feed Uh, in both places right now. You'll find, you know, the great content. That's going on with the uh, Survivor Through Time. You've got the Wiggle Room and the B&B. We're kind of all three going along this journey through time together. Mm-hmm. And then once Survivor comes back, whenever that may be, you've got the Know-It-Alls, This Week in Survivor, much more. Of course, on the Reality TV Rehab-Ups feed, you also have Bryce's podcast. Yes. Um, so um, you definitely want to listen to that. And we mentioned Bryce earlier. Uh, like I said, listen to that. You'll understand why he was seen as a social threat. Yes, and where the Purple Pants podcast name came from. That's right. I was right I was watching this season again, and he mentioned his Purple Pants, and I was like, wait a second, that's where the Purple Pants oh, podcast... Oh, you didn't know? Yes. No, I never even put it together, but well, I was Oh, yeah, because like, he was the Purple Pants badass. I know, so it was it was hysterical to, like, to hear him actually say it, and I'm like, well, that's where that came from. See, I'm yeah. learning so many new things. This is great. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a purple pants podcast. <laughs> I love Bryce. He's great. <laughs> all right. Well, and also we should say thank you to Scott St. Pierre, who does all of the editing for us, both audio and uh, video for Why Blank Loss. I got a little lost there for a second. So thank you so much for all the editing that you do, Scott. It's wonderful. And also thank you to Will from America, who created the song that you hear on the audio version of our podcast. Appreciate that very much. It's an awesome tune. Sometimes it gets stuck in your head, which is fine by me. So thank you both to Will from America and Scott St. Pierre for all of the wonderful work that they do for Why Blank Lost. Yes. And thank you, Jessica, for another great week, another great journey through time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we will see everybody next week for another blast from the past. Bye. Bye. You lost Survivor and you're feeling down. David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.